Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Healthy Gut Podcast, the place where you can learn how to achieve a happy, healthy gut with your host, Rebecca Coombs. Welcome to the Healthy Gut Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Coombs, and I am so excited to be bringing this podcast to you. I am an author, a coach, a presenter, and a survivor of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or SIBO as it is commonly called. When I was diagnosed with SIBO in early 2015, I was completely thrown by my diagnosis. I didn't know very much about the digestive system. And so I went out looking for information and I just became overwhelmed. There was a lot that I could find on the internet, but I wasn't sure how much of it was accurate or valid or whether it was just people's opinions. So I became passionate about helping others live well with SIBO and other disordered digestive disorders. The Healthy Gut Podcast is a place where people with disordered digestion can come and hear specialists talk about gut health. It's a place where you can learn the latest in research, science and treatment options. Yes, we will have a SIBO focus, but we will also be looking at other disordered digestion, such as irritable bowel syndrome, inflammatory bowel diseases, and other gut and digestive issues. Importantly, we're also going to be looking at the impact our lifestyle has on us. And I realized in my own journey that I had to address other issues other than my gut before I could truly regain my health. So we're going to be looking at things like our awareness, our nutrition, our movement, our mindset, and our lifestyle. I want to tell you a little bit about me so you can understand where I'm coming from and and what led me to be the host of the Healthy Gut Podcast. I was sick for 36 years. I was born two months premature and I spent nearly 30 years taking antibiotics. My poor mum was in a really bad way after she had delivered me and she wasn't able to breastfeed me. So I was put onto formula and I didn't do well with formula. I was a pretty colicky baby. So I was put on lots of antibiotics. I spent so many years of my life on antibiotics and I was also that kid that got sick all the time. No matter what it was, I got it and I got the worst case possible. In my 20s, I was diagnosed with endometriosis, and at the same time I was diagnosed with SIBO, I was diagnosed with hemochromatosis. I have had two major parasite infections in my gut. I've had multiple cases of food poisoning. I've had gastro several times, and I've had three abdominal surgeries. I now know I was just like a hot pot waiting to develop SIBO. I also spent 10 years of my life 
actively looking for an answer as to why I felt sick. I went to countless GPs and they ran multiple blood tests, all of which came back and showed that I was in perfect health. Yet no one could answer my question, why did I feel so sick? I was bloated, I suffered from chronic constipation, I could not lose weight and in fact I kept putting weight on sometimes at a kilo a week, um, which is about two pounds, and I was just miserable. I was going from one diet to the next, I was virtually starving myself and yet I was getting fatter and fatter. Plus, my health wasn't good. I got everything going. I felt miserable. My brain felt foggy. And I was starting to wonder if this was really what life was all about. On top of that, I was developing a lot of food intolerances. So it started off with uh, with wheat and dairy, and then it expanded to all gluten. And then it started to move to things like legumes and uh, lentils, uh, beans, and the worst was when my beloved red wine started causing me problems. You know, I just love a nice glass of red wine, but I found that very easily I would end up with just a stinking headache after even something as small as one glass. And, you know, at that point, I think that was my tipping point. I thought, if I can't drink red wine... (laughs) What's the point? Um, I, in my attempts to find answers and, and going to multiple doctors, something happened to me quite frequently. And that was that when they couldn't find the answer to my condition, because, hey, they were looking in my blood and not my gut, some doctors said to me, well, perhaps it's in your head, Rebecca. Perhaps you actually don't have any illness. You're just imagining it. You're a hypochondriac. Now, can you imagine how terrible that feels when you know you feel sick, you know that this isn't the way you want to live life, and yet someone who's got a medical qualification suggests you're making it up? I was really frustrated. I was also terrified that I was on my way to cancer, and I didn't want to die prematurely. I felt like I still had a lot of life left to live And I was really scared. I didn't have much time left. So one night, in absolute desperation, I sat on the internet for hours and I kept seeing this name of a naturopath pop up. And I thought, well, people are talking about her. She must be worthwhile going and seeing. And luckily for me, she wasn't too far away, so I made an appointment. I walked into her clinic And I sat down and she said, how can I help you? And I said, I don't know. I don't know how you can help me, but I feel so sick and I don't want to live like this anymore. I just need someone's help. And the first words she said to me were, I believe you. Imagine if every healthcare practitioner out there said those three little words, I believe you. Imagine the difference that that would make for us patients, knowing we have the support of a healthcare practitioner. Now, my naturopath was saying to me she believed me when I said I felt sick. Now, she didn't know the answer 
to why I felt sick at that moment in time, but she was willing to work with me to uncover what was going wrong. And suddenly I went from feeling like I was completely alone and isolated with no one helping me to then having one person on my team that knew something about health. And not long after that, uh, she put me through the SIBO breath test, which we did as a lactulose breath test with uh, the lactulose solution. And it came back positive. I had hydrogen dominant SIBO. I can't tell you the relief I felt when I finally had an answer. I had a name for it. I had a name for this condition that had been making me feel sick for so long. I was literally leaping around in the air saying, I have SIBO. Look at me. I have SIBO. Isn't it wonderful? And I decided that I was going to do everything it took to get well in the shortest possible time. In fact, I had decided I was going to be the quickest case of SIBO ever to have graced the earth. Relief was quickly replaced with anxiety. What the hell was I going to eat now? I was already living a really restricted diet. But going on to the SIBO biphasic diet by Dr. Narala Jacobi, Australia's leading SIBO specialist, felt like I was going to Mars. How on earth was I going to live my life now? What was I going to tell my partner, who was already a little bit frustrated with my limited food choices? How would I tell my friends and my family? How would I live? Fast forward a month and I was completely obsessive about my food. It was all I could think about. And I felt like it was the solution to my problems because let's face it, when you're the patient and you've finally got something that you can control that you know will make you feel better, you do everything you can to make yourself feel better. But I was starting to see that this wasn't overly healthy for me. And one month in and starting to see some improvement in my symptoms, but definitely not being at the end like I thought I would be, it dawned on me. Treating SIBO and healing my gut was just the start of my journey and it was going to take so much more than food alone to change my health. And I realised that my life was going to have to change. I was hyper aware of how food made me feel, but I wasn't connecting with anything else. I'd sit down for my meals and I'd be really angry about my limited choices And this wasn't doing me any favours. You know, that was putting me into a very stressed state that was not helping my digestive system. And it dawned on me one day, I'm going to have to start being aware of how I think and how I behave and how I live if I'm going to then have any chance of making progress with my condition. So I started taking note of areas that were causing me stress or anxiety you know, obviously at first that that was food. And I had to start thinking about how my food made me feel. I also had to look at other areas of my life, things like my sleep, my stress, my relationships, how I moved my body, and even my job. I realized with some alarm that it all had to change. Now, instead of trying to make all of the changes all at once, I just started to become aware of it. I started to connect with my body. 
And I used something uh, called a food and mood diary. And that helped me to write down what was going into my mouth and then how I felt and what was happening at the other end, whether I was going to the toilet. It was a really great way for me to keep track of what was happening every day. And the great thing is that as my symptoms calmed down, so did my hyper-awareness of them. I also watched this occur and enjoy the changes as I could see my health progress. From a patient's perspective, the food that you can eat feels like it's the most important part of your treatment. It is something that we can control 100% and we can often see a direct relationship with what we're eating and how we feel. Now, the other issue around having a very controlled and limited nutritional program is that it can lead to disordered eating. I suffered from an eating disorder when I was younger, and I could see that eating for SIBO could very easily trigger another episode of an eating disorder. And so I had to be really mindful of the way I ate and the way I approached my food. And that went back to being aware of what I was doing. I really believe that joy can be found in food if you know where to look for it. Food is supposed to give us nourishment and health and it does taste delicious and yet those of us with disordered digestion can often feel very angry and negative toward our food. So if you're listening to this podcast today, Look at how you can think more positively in your food. And when I started to approach my food with love and joy and move away from anger and frustration, I enjoyed eating so much more. And also I felt like my health improved once I started being more positive about my nutrition. After years of being chronically ill, I recognized as well I was not moving enough. And I'm one of those people that goes from zero to 100. I'm either lying on the couch doing nothing or I'm training for a triathlon. And I've been known to do both of those things. But I was in a really weakened state at the time of my SIBO diagnosis. I had been very unwell for quite a long time. And because of my SIBO, I was carrying a lot of extra weight. I didn't feel that I could do it on my own. So I went and found a personal trainer who could work with me. And I turned up at his uh, studio and I explained to him that I'd just been given this diagnosis of SIBO and I was looking for someone that could work with me. I wasn't able to go uh, into intense sessions at that point in time and I needed a trainer that was willing to work right at the base level with me to help build my very basic level of strength before even suggesting to increase the intensity or change the diversity in my exercises. Now, I'm really lucky and happy to say that he did. He was really happy to be part of my journey. And two years on, I still work with him every single week. And what's great is that I've been able to educate him on this condition called SIBO, uh, but also that he's helping me learn more about my body. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. 
No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Moving your body is important, but it's also important on how you move your body and making sure that you move it for the right, the right way according to your current health journey. If you're feeling quite unwell and then you go and do a really high intensity session, you may be putting your body under too much pressure. You may find that you actually feel better by doing something much more gentle like walking or yoga. And listening to your body, listening to what it's saying to you, how it feels is also really important. Going back to being aware. I have days where I feel really strong and I'm very comfortable going and doing a more high intensity session. But there are other days where if I haven't slept well, or if I've been feeling a little bit stressed, that I recognize that my my body needs something less. And I'll do something gentle, like I'll go for a walk, or I might go and do some yoga, or even I'll just do some meditation and focus on my breathing, just to help my body return to a calm state. The fourth component that I realized I had to address as I returned to health was my mindset. Our mindset is so important in helping or hindering us to get well. Now, my mindset was in a terrible state. Not only had I been chronically ill, but I was also the survivor of sexual abuse and terrible bullying when I was at school. So I knew All there was to know about hating yourself. If there was any opportunity for me to feel really down on myself, I took it with both hands and ran with it because that's all I'd ever known. I'd also only ever known being a sick person. I identified with it. In fact, you could say I even kind of wore it as a badge of honor. When you're chronically sick, you know what sick is, but you don't know what health is. Let me tell you about a time that I was sitting down to lunch And I had a beautiful pasture-fed steak and some salad. Luckily for me, I was able to eat raw vegetables while I was treating my SIBO. And as I sat down to eat, I was so angry at my food. I was angry that I couldn't go and eat burgers and fries. I was angry that other people looked like they could eat whatever they wanted and not have any symptoms. I was angry that I had to spend money on this food. I was angry that life didn't feel fair. I didn't feel it didn't feel like I could live the way I wanted to. And I was feeling stressed and anxious and I stopped and I made that connection. I became aware with my mindset and I thought if I approach my food with such anger, what happens to it when it comes in me? Do I get the nutrients or is my body not able to deal with it because all it's known in the process leading up to eating has been anger and frustration and negativity? So I stopped, I paused, I took a big deep breath in and then another one and then another one and I looked back at my plate of food and I looked at that meat and those vegetables and realized that what was sitting in front of me was the best possible nutrition that I could eat right then and there for my current state of health. And so I started visualizing all of those nutrients coming into my body, going out to the cells that needed them the most and supporting my body to get well. I also realized I needed to switch off my electronic devices 
I was a corporate marketer for many years working in high-powered, stressful jobs. So lunch was always on the go. I'd sit at my computer and I'd be typing away, scoffing food down and often on a call at the same time. And I realized that I needed to change that. I couldn't focus on getting good nutrition into my body if I wasn't focused on eating. So everything would be turned off. And I started applying that for every meal. I also slowed down with my eating. I realized that I'd been speed eating for most of my life. You know, I could win awards for how quickly I could eat food. But I didn't think that that was going to do my digestive system any favors. So I applied a strategy, which I'd read somewhere, that with every mouthful, I'd put my knife and fork down back on the plate and my hands in my lap. And I would not touch my cutlery again until my mouth was empty. And I would focus on chewing many times. At first, it felt really laborious. It felt like I was actually having to do quite a lot of work to actually achieve that. But within you know a short period of time, that became my natural state. And in fact, if I ever have to eat on the go or in a hurry now, it feels really odd, whereas that used to be my norm. I also did something to help myself with my mindset because, again, I realized I needed a team of people to help me get well, and mindset is so important. I sought the services of a psychologist who was very skilled at dealing with people that were, you know, had experienced major traumatic experiences and abuse like I had, and we still work together today, and I have come along such a long way. Those negative thoughts don't control me anymore, and now I can truly believe that I have the right to be healthy and happy, and with every passing day and I focus on getting my health back, and I tell you what, it's a constant journey. I don't see it as a finishing line, but it will be my constant journey until the day I take my last breath. But I now know that I've got the right mindset to support my body to do that. The fifth component was my lifestyle. I needed to change my lifestyle to support a healthier life. I had been a very big drinker in the past. I lived in the UK for many years and socialising there is done in the pub because the weather is pretty ordinary for most of the year. And then when the sun comes out, everyone heads out to parks and gardens and socialises with alcohol there. So you're literally drinking every week, all week. I used to congratulate myself on having one night off a week on the alcohol. I wouldn't say that I was an alcoholic, but I definitely had a problem with alcohol because it was used so frequently. I also liked to party and I'd stay out very late with friends. And I used to say, if I never had to sleep again, that would be a good thing because sleeping is just so boring. Who wants to stay asleep when you could be awake socializing with people? My diet was haphazard. I'd either be on some restricted diet trying to lose weight or I'd be binge eating or I'd be drinking uh, and it just wasn't conducive to health. Because I was such a fun time party girl, I had a lot of friends who loved the fun time Rebecca. They wanted me to be the fun girl that drank with them, that partied with them. When I got my SIBO diagnosis, I decided to stop drinking and I initially gave myself three months because I, my naturopath had said that I should expect to be on my SIBO treatment program for three months. And whilst that felt like an eternity at the start, I felt that I was capable of giving myself three months off the booze and also by eating the SIBO um, biphasic diet. 
But something's happened to me that I wasn't expecting. I planned to go back to my old way of living at the end of the three months. But as I started to feel better, I realized I didn't want to go backwards. I wanted to move forwards. And I didn't want to go back to drinking alcohol heavily. In fact, I wasn't sure if I would drink again. And whilst these days I do have the occasional glass of wine, it all that is now is just the occasional glass. I'm very comfortable in socialising without any alcohol, which is a really great place to be in. But I had to walk away from some friends. I had some friends say to me, you know, I liked the old you. Why did you have to change? The old you would have done such and such, this and that. The old you was fun. The old you used to stay up really late. And so I had to become aware and I had to think about my mindset when it came to including those people in my life. And I had to, for the first time in my life, choose health and my happiness over other people's desires for how I lived and how I lived in their life. It was really hard walking away from friends, some of these people that I had been friends with for many, many years. And these days we have a different relationship. They can see why I have done what I've done. I'm so much healthier and I'm so much happier. But our friendship has changed and I now spend more time with people that are more interested in health than people that are more interested in drinking and partying. I had also been in these very stressful corporate jobs for my whole career. And my last job, in fact, was one of the worst. It was overwhelmingly stressful with a boss that didn't like me and I didn't particularly like her. And I used to be eaten up with stress. I would wake up feeling sick at the thought of going into work. And often my phone would be beeping from 6 or 7 a.m. from my boss texting me things, which immediately set my anxiety through the roof. And being stressed constantly is not supportive to getting well. So I made a pretty big decision and I quit my job and I set up my own marketing consultancy. And whilst that brings its own level of stress – I was doing something that I absolutely loved and I got to work with people who I absolutely adored. And so whilst there was a little bit of stress around not knowing where my next paycheck would come from, it didn't scare me because I knew that I, had, I, I was capable of bringing in new work. And so the stress that I felt was minimal in comparison to what I'd felt in the corporate world. My sleep also needed to be addressed. I am the eternal night owl. I will very happily stay up till two, three, four in the morning. And if there's a social situation and there's people to talk to, then I'm very happy to stay up awake talking to them. But staying up late and not getting good quality sleep consistently is not conducive to getting well. And whilst I'm definitely not at a point where I would say I've nailed this component of my journey, I'm a lot better. And I do something, a little trick to try and remind myself every single night to get to bed. I set an alarm on my phone that goes off at 10pm every night. Now, sometimes I'm able to get into bed and I'm there at 10.30. Other times it's closer to midnight. And occasionally when I'm working to really big deadlines, I have to stay up late. But that now has become the exception rather than the rule. And I know that with every good quality sleep where I'm sleeping through the night and I'm not awoken through, you know, all the the gut problems that I used to once have, that 
that good quality sleep is really supporting me. So at the end of this journey, I realized I had five key pillars to health, awareness, nutrition, movement, mindset, and lifestyle. And six months after my initial diagnosis with SIBO, I was given the all clear. It was absolutely wonderful to know that something that I had struggled with for my entire life was finally gone. Now, by no means do I think that I will necessarily be free from SIBO for my life. I know I am at risk of redeveloping it because I have endometriosis. I suspect I have adhesions in my abdomen from my abdominal surgeries. And I'm not sure if my gut is yet in perfect perfect health, but I'm definitely working towards getting it there. So the Healthy Gut Podcast will be talking about those five key pillars to health, along with the information and research that is coming out on SIBO and all things gut health. Today, I am absolutely passionate about helping people live well with SIBO and other gut disorders. Yes, we may have a chronic illness, and yes, it affects millions of people every single day but it doesn't have to be a life sentence. Imagine if every single person out there had a dream team of their own that was helping them and supporting them to regain their health. What a different place our world would be. I look forward to sharing the interviews with you that I have got lined up. I have got some absolutely wonderful specialists coming on the Healthy Gut Podcast. I'm Rebecca Coombs from the Healthy Gut Podcast, and I look forward to sharing a wealth of information with you over the coming episodes. If you would like to know more about the five key pillars to health, head to thehealthygut.co forward slash pillars, and you can download a free information sheet on the five key pillars and how you can apply them to your life and health today. I love hearing from my guests from the podcast, so don't forget to write me a review in iTunes and tell me what you think of the Healthy Gut Podcast. I also want to know who you would love to have on the show as a guest and what topics you would like me to cover, so don't forget to put that in the comments as well. And if there's anyone that you know that you think could benefit from listening to this podcast, don't forget to share it with them. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on all major social media platforms. We are The Healthy Guts on Facebook. On Instagram, we are the.healthy.gut. And on the other platforms, we are The Healthy Gut. All the links to those links are in the show notes below. I can't wait to speak to you next time. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Healthy Gut Podcast with Rebecca Coombs. To learn more about the Healthy Gut or the podcast, head to thehealthygut.co forward slash podcast. If you would like to help support the continuation of this podcast, you can make a contribution at thehealthygut.co forward slash podcast. With thanks to Julian Pryor from J Podcaster for the production and editing of this podcast. To learn more, head to jpodcaster.com. We would also like to thank Belinda Coombs for the original music score. To hear more of Belinda's music, head to soundcloud.com forward slash Belinda Coombs. 
The Healthy Gut Podcast is a production of The Healthy Gut.